0: Hey everyone, Andrew here. Uh, I just want to let you all know that Marn and I ran into a couple of personal issues while we were uh, getting ready to record The Beast Part 3, so uh, we weren't able to do that for this week. You should be able to find this uh, for our next episode. Uh, we'll be back with The Beast. But for now, I wanted to take you all with a special thing. Uh, those of you that tuned in to a charity stream I did with Joe from the Orange Groves uh, might know that we promised that... I would let Marn inflict upon me something that we called The Frady Dog Spook 'em up uh, where Marn forces me to watch a horror movie and then we do a podcast about it. At the time, we weren't sure where this was going to go, but we figured that instead of us skipping a week, we would at least have something for you. Um, so if you're interested, I hope you all enjoy me and Marn talking about John Carpenter's The Thing, uh, a horror movie that I actually enjoyed, spoiler alert, um, and If not, we'll hope to see you back next time as we talk about The Beast Part 3. Hope you all have a great week. Bye, everyone. to the Brady dog spook up where Marn makes me watch a horror movie and I come on a podcast and go uh...
1: <laughs> Although the the other episode that we recorded that was kind of like this you didn't go eh, because you wanted to talk about the thing
0: Yeah well that was a that was a, a fun musical
1: this was not <laughs>
0: Is there a Thing, the musical?
1: If there is, it's almost definitely fan-made.
0: There sure is. John Carpenter's The Thing, the musical.
1: Oh, this is excellent. I'm saving this to watch later.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, this person just makes fake YouTube musicals. Okay, never mind.
1: excellent. Love it.
0: Anyways, but this isn't a musical. Today we're talking about The Thing, which I'd never seen before, and you made me watch... (laughs) <laughs> As a thank you for people for raising money um, during a charity stream I was doing. I think this was the $400 charity tier while I was playing Deltarune? Does that sound right?
1: Yeah, I th- I think that's what it was. It was definitely Deltarune.
0: Mm-hmm. I don't
1: remember what tier it was, but basically, Andrew and I recorded Argonauts like the night before the stream or like a couple days before the stream. And Andrew was like, I don't have any incentives for this tier and i was like well what if we just like record our own version of reply All shows scaredy cats where they like watch a horror movie and talk about it (laughs) because yeah it's kind of the same situation where i like horror movies and andrew doesn't want to watch them
0: yeah so this is the uh the Freddy dog spook him up instead of the uh scaredy cat whatever they call it (laughs) and Yeah, uh, so off the bat, thank you all for for donating. Um, If you were a person that donated, we raised money for the LGBTQ Freedom Fund, and it was a really good time, and we raised, I think, a little over $500, all things said and done, uh, which was really great. And so now I have to watch a horror movie. At least one. Maybe we'll do more if people like this. Yeah. So, yeah. (laughs) Thank you all for this punishment.
1: (laughs) So we watched the 1982 The Thing, I say because... There was a 50s the thing and there was a 2013 the thing but we watched the John Carpenter one that everybody immediately thinks of when you if, think of the thing.
0: Yeah, if you say the thing, this is the one they're thinking of. No one's like, "Ah yes, with Mary Elizabeth Winstead, of course." That movie. I don't
1: know, dude. <laughs> I've said I've said the thing before and somebody was like instantly like, "Oh, you mean the 2013 movie?"
0: Who that that person has been replaced by an alien. <laughs>
1: I've actually never seen that one. I've heard things about it.
0: (laughs) I haven't seen it either. I've heard that it's basically, you know the thing? Well, it happened again, but it happened before.
1: I heard that a big thing that people don't like about that movie is that they originally did all of the effects as practical effects, like in the same style as the 80s one, but the studio went in and CGI'd over all of them because they said that the effects didn't look realistic enough.
0: Huh. Wild. Yeah. That's, that's, okay, that's really weird. Uh, I don't know if we're jumping ahead a bit. I don't know what our formatting looks like. But that's one of the best things about this movie are the practical effects.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, that, yeah, absolutely.
0: <laughs> yeah, this wild that, uh, man, studios do not understand what makes their movies work. And it's wild to me that they continue to exist. I mean, I get <laughs> it. They have the money. We need the money to make art. I get it. But, like. It's wild to me how your job can be to make movies and you not know how to do it.
1: Yeah. So before we really get into it, uh, unlike Scaredy Cats, we didn't have any rules for how we were watching this. Like, I know in Scaredy Cats, they're like, you have to have the lights off and you can't be on your phone. But like, we didn't do that. So what was your, what was your environment that you watched the thing in?
0: So, okay. So my environment, I got off work. <laughs> here's here's my day. I got off work today. Uh today was a light day at work, so I wasn't super stressed like I normally am. I got up, I went up and I cooked tacos, and while I cooked tacos, I watched One Piece. And I watched my very good friends Luffy and Usopp fight each other because the Going Merry is going to be destroyed, and they didn't agree on how that was going to happen, so Usopp threatened to leave the crew. It was a very tense emotional set of episodes. And then I ate tacos, and they were really good. And then I came in here. And I uh, fought through a bunch of ads featuring very unscrupulous women in order to watch John Carpenter's The Thing. Uh, I did uh-huh. it sitting on my couch, cuddled up under a blanket. I had my lights off, but it was still you know daylight. It was like five thirty p.m. I turned my laptop off. That wasn't in front of me. I did use my phone to check character names. Because I'm very bad at remembering character names. But that was the extent that I let myself use my phone. I let myself just watch the movie.
1: I watched this last night while I was also working on an art project because this is not the first time that I've watched The Thing in <laughs> quarantine.
0: Is is The Thing the movie that you've seen the most, if you had to guess? No. No?
1: N- no. No way. What I've is... only seen it through... Oh, what is the movie I've seen the most I just time? I just
0: know you well <laughs> enough. I just assumed it was The Thing.
1: No, I've only seen it three times. I watched it, I want to say, two years ago, and I watched it in April, maybe. Okay. Um.
0: You just watched it and were like, I immediately need to make a, m- a game out of this. Yeah. Y'all should check out uh, Man is the Warmest Place to Hide on Itchio.
1: Yeah, you should. I'm trying to think, what is the movie I've seen the most times? Maybe, I want to say the Muppet movie, but that can't be right. <laughs> That seems correct to me, though. I believe
0: that. That seems right for Maybe- you.
1: Pacific Rim is pretty up there, I would Ooh, say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, no. Prince of Egypt is definitely the movie I've seen the most times. I watch it every year.
0: Oh, okay, well, there you go.
1: I've watched it on Passover like every year since I was <laughs> probably four. Okay. So there you go. Prince of Egypt.
0: <laughs> gotcha. Cool.
1: The thing is probably one of the horror movies I've seen the most times though.
0: I can't imagine myself watching it again anytime soon. But I can understand why you would like it.
1: Yeah, I mean I obviously if you don't like horror you're not <laughs> gonna be watching it more than once. But like I feel like it's a movie that merits re watching because there's definitely stuff that you don't catch the first time through.
0: Probably. I felt like I kept up with things pretty well, but there were a couple of moments where I was like, "Oh shit, when did he get thinged?"
1: Yeah, exactly. So yeah, I I watched I rewatched this last night while I was simultaneously on a different monitor working on an art project, mostly to like refresh myself on the movie, even though I just watched it like two months ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I I was in my like home office with all of the lights on.
0: <laughs> so neither of us watched this under like peak spook him up conditions. No. Okay. But
1: the first... The fr- I will say the first time I watched this thing, I watched it in, like, a dark room with no, like, phones or anything. Okay. And when I watched it a couple months ago, I watched it as a double feature with Slither, which is another horror movie that I've seen more than three times.
0: <laughs> okay. That sounds like a pretty good double feature.
1: Yeah. Have you... Well, you probably haven't seen Slither, I-, I haven't... I, I haven't
0: Slither. I haven't seen it, but I've heard enough about it to know that, like, okay, like... There are like yeah. uh, I I've heard of like I don't know groupings of horror movies where it's like these are the campy horror films these are the yeah. like you know so like when you t- talk about a couple I'm like okay I can from what I have heard about them I can see where they would fit together
1: yeah they're both like they're both like kind of gross like low budget body horror movies yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so what did you think about the thing
0: <sighs> um. It's probably the grossest movie I've ever seen.
1: Yeah. Yep. Um, (laughs) Yep.
0: As someone that does not watch a lot of horror and yeah, I just starting off with like, I I don't know, you build up from like, um, you do a couple of early autopsies with uh, so the first like practical effect you see in this movie is the big like half split person form of the thing. Where it, like, half turned into a dude and shifted and the face is split in half. And it's such a good prop and so creepy looking. And they, like, immediately do an autopsy and start taking organs out. And I was like, all right, we're in for it, huh? And 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 those kind of things, I'm just like, this is the, like, I don't know, goopy grossest movie I've ever seen. A lot of, like, wet noises, you know?
1: Yeah, they, the practical effects, they used a lot of, like, jelly and, like, food products mm-hmm. for the goop, which makes sense when you're watching it. Yeah. Um, This definitely is a really gross movie. And usually I don't like body horror or gore or anything, mm-hmm. but I don't know, this movie doesn't get me to that point because i think of the practical effects
0: yeah it's um it's weird it is it's uh big and goopy and gross and the only times i had to like look away really were a i don't like taking organs out of things y'all can leave oh yeah that
1: that part is yeah y'all
0: can leave autopsies where they where y'all can leave them over there i'm fine sitting over here and then weirdly enough the only other thing i really had to actively disengage from the movie with was when they were doing the the blood test near the end it, watching a person like run a scalpel over their own finger like that got me more than you know people fucking exploding into tentacled bug-legged horrible monstrosities like that got me more i don't know what it is but you know it's this movie's <laughs> this movie's gross with the practical effects but in a way that like is captivating and really cool to see
1: yeah i feel like the the practical effects I don't have to look away from them mm-hmm. because they're not like gory in a way that my body can relate to, if that makes sense.
0: Yes, exactly. I can I can cut myself with a knife and bleed out. I could do that accident like I could do that accidentally or on purpose. I can't accidentally grow into a bug eyed monstrosity. Yeah. I
1: hope. <laughs> One of my favorite facts about this movie is that The the guy who worked on most of the practical effects was twenty two years old when he made the thing. Really? Yep.
0: Wow. So that Uh, had to be a pretty early thing in his career then.
1: Yeah, it was like him and like only a handful of other people, I think, doing the, the creature effects and he like was hospitalized with for exhaustion afterwards. Oh damn. Because he Literally was working for it, like, seven days a week, 24-7, for, like, an entire year. Damn. And he did, like, every single creature effect in the movie. Jesus. And he, I think, is retired now. I think he retired in, like, the early 2000s. Because <laughs> he worked on a lot of, like, horror and sci-fi movies in, like, the 80s and 90s. And I, I assume that allowed him to be, like, comfortably retired. Yeah, I'd
0: believe that man, can you imagine getting into practical effects and this stuff and coming out swinging out the gate with the thing? I know! How wild is that?
1: I don't think it was, like, the the first thing that he worked on, but I, I it might have been, like, the first thing that he worked on as, like, the, the main person.
0: Damn. The effects in this movie are gross and I don't know that I'd call them scary per se, but they are, like, horrifying to watch. Just, like... Like the dog in the beginning, just like when it just starts like melting isn't the right word, but like I don't. So the 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 overall conceit of the movie is that this alien can take on the form of different things if it like if, if they absorb a cell of it or whatever. And it it was like this dog like ruptured and attacked all the other dogs around it, and it was just creepy the way that they yes. did the legs popping out and like stuff shooting out everywhere. It was gross.
1: So, that dog is a hand puppet that was being controlled by, like, a real person. Really? Yeah, it was, like, a puppet made of, like, foam and latex that they put over a person's arm and head, and they controlled the legs on, like, wires that were underneath the the floor of the kennel.
0: Wild.
1: Isn't that crazy? That's,
0: that's, that's incredible.
1: Some of the ways that they did the practical effects of this movie are, like, absolutely bonkers and like have probably not ever been used to the movie again
0: <laughs> well they work really well here i can't imagine like i don't know i can imagine if i were working in practical effects making watching the thing and being like get that kid on the phone i need to talk to them and be like how the hell did yeah. you pull that off
1: <laughs> you know the you know the scene where dr copper is using the defibrillator and gets his arms bit off yes yes which is, like, my favorite scene in the entire movie. And the first time I watched this, I had no idea that it was coming and I screamed.
0: I, unfortunately, I knew that was coming because I've, I don't know if I've seen that scene before, but I've, like, when people talk about good practical effects, that's one of the uh-huh. go-to examples that people have used. That yeah. I So I've seen that specific scene and effect before. But it's still great when, like, the alien has perfected this guy to the point that, like, it's having a heart attack for him. Mm-hmm. And then as someone's using defibrillators, his arms just like sink into his chest cavity as it opens up with teeth and bites his arms off. Oh, it's
1: so good. It's so good. Do you know, do you know how they did the effect?
0: So if I had to guess, uh, I would assume that the person is like laying down in a different angle somehow so that his face is in the screen. But then like the rest of him is fake. And then they did something else. I don't know for sure.
1: So, yeah, so that's how they did the the guy on the table with his his chest opens up. But for the arms, Mm -hmm. they swapped the guy who plays copper out with a double amputee with prosthetic arms filled with wax and jello. And then they clamped down like this jaw mechanism over them and just like actually just ripped off the fake arms.
0: (laughs) They did the thing from Arista Development. (laughs) Yeah. They just had a guy pretend that he had the extra arm and then taught him a lesson. Mm-hmm. That's why you never bite off a man's extra arms.
1: <laughs> yeah. The The Wikipedia page says, uh, the creature effects used a variety of materials, including mayonnaise, creamed corn, microwaved bubble gum, and KY jelly.
0: That set must have smelled incredible. <laughs> Ugh. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Microwaved bubble
0: gum Ugh. Ugh. I, can, I can see it too It like thinking back to some scenes I'm like okay yeah I can see the bubble gum there <laughs> But yeah that was It was without a doubt the grossest movie I've ever seen The scene near the end where The God I'm so bad with names The older guy I think Wilford Brimley
1: Yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, where uh, Blair Blair Blair
0: when like the Blair thing kills um, Greg, Gary, Gary,
1: Gary, <laughs>
0: Gary. sorry, I knew it was one of my uncle's names, but I got the wrong one. When it kills Gary by like shoving its hands like into its mouth through the cheeks. Mm-hmm, was... mm-hmm. Oh, God, I hated that. That made my skin crawl. But yeah, the effects in this movie are really good. And it is probably the grossest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> I'm sticking yeah. to that.
1: Yeah, I feel like we maybe should have talked about the plot before we talked about the special effects, but, like, the special effects are the thing that everybody talks about in this movie anyway. <laughs> yeah,
0: well, I mean, yeah, and, like, the special effects are gross, but, like, the plot is really smart.
1: Yeah, um, it is. The
0: the basic plot of the movie, I guess, are, how deeply do we want to recap it? Just kind of go over a brief, like, what it is? Or do you want to go, like, yeah, scene by scene? Sure. So, um, like, the, like, the, I- the go ahead.
1: Oh, I was gonna say I have I have a plot summary pulled up.
0: All right, you want to hit us? But with it? I'm not, huh? But
1: I probably should read like all ten paragraphs of it. <laughs>
0: yeah. So, just like as a brief overview, I guess. Um, the movie opens with like one of the weirdest scenes I've ever seen in a movie. Well, the movie opens opens on a spaceship crash landing into Earth, and I think that mm-hmm. that scene is entirely useless and should have been cut out entirely. Um, <laughs> That feels like a studio ad where they were like, You gotta let people know that an alien crashed, even though it's gonna be a part of the plot later. Like I I, I feel like cut that scene entirely, but the movie like regularly opens on a helicopter, like, flying in across the Arctic tundra, and then yeah. like you see that there's like it's flying over a field, and you see that there's a dog in the field. And then like the helicopter gets in really low And a dude pulls out a gun and starts shooting at the dog. The dog keeps running away and it makes its way toward like a research station where our cast like pops out and is like, why the fuck is there a helicopter flying around shooting at a dog? The helicopter gets blown up. A guy comes out to like try to chase down the dog. And then one of the people in the in the place like shoots that guy dead. And they're like, what the fuck is going on? Turns out that dog is an alien. Who can transform into anything that it, like, touches? Or, like, anything that absorbs it? I wasn't super clear on that.
1: Yeah, it they don't really completely explain to you how it works. But it, it, uh, it like, assimilates people and essentially becomes them.
0: Yeah. So then, yeah, like, no one knows that the dog is that until... Someone, uh, yeah, our main character, MacReady, who's played by Kurt Russell, he and Wilford Brimley go to a research station where, like, the people in the helicopter would have been from and find that, like, everyone there is dead. And, like, they find out back this, like, alien that they torched. They don't know it's an alien at the time exactly, but they would see the, like, disfigured person. It looks like a person if you were like half transformed into a person, like the middle part of an animorph's cover, if <laughs> the alien it was transforming from was fucked up and weird, yeah. And then they 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 bring it back and they're like, "Hey, we got fucking aliens in here. This is fucked up. These things can turn into people. These aliens could have been us. Like any one of us could be an alien." Mean or I guess they figure that out later. Anyway, they take the dog and they're like, we'll put it with our other dogs, I guess. They put the dog in the kennel with all the other dogs and then it, like, bursts out and starts turning into an alien. And then they're like, holy shit, uh, this thing is creepy and weird. Let's fucking torch it. Also, these aliens could have been any of us, which means that any one of us could be an alien. And then the rest of the movie is them dealing with that fact as they, like, slowly succumb to the paranoia of knowing that at any point anyone around them might be an alien. Yep. It's great. That's the movie. That's the movie. Like, (laughs) a lot of people Uh. die. (laughs) A lot of people die. A lot of people die. Other noteworthy people in the cast, not Larry David, but Keith David shows up. I know the difference between the two actors. I just always think that Keith David uh, has the name Larry David and I have to remind myself, no, that's the Curb Your Enthusiasm guy. (laughs) But I recognize his voice anywhere, which is why I was like, is that... Keith David and looked it up and apparently I recognize him even 40 years ago.
1: Hey and uh, Kurt Russell are really good in this movie. Yeah.
0: Yeah, the cast is really good in this.
1: Yeah, they ca- the cast this movie fucking rules. Yeah.
0: Wilford Brimley's in this. I always forget that Wilford Brimley is like a respected actor and not just the guy that did the diabetes commercials when I was a kid.
1: Yeah. This might be the only movie I've ever seen him in.
0: I think was he in Cocoon? And he was also in uh I know he was in Mud. HUD?
1: Oh, he wasn't cocoon.
0: A movie I had to watch in film class. I didn't get it. <laughs> but yeah, great cast in this movie. I thought it was really smart and just clever how they kind of like I-, I love any movie where they're like, great, how do we deduce what is happening here? How do we like think about this scientifically? We're all people sitting at a research station, so we all have some grasp of the scientific process. Let's see if we can't figure this out as we go along. I thought that was really cool.
1: I love this movie so
0: much.
1: <laughs> it's so good. Something that you may know about this movie is that people did not like it when it first came out.
0: That's what I've heard. I My my first taste of this was, I, I know that uh, someone was talking about like season one of Stranger Things, and they were like, I was really annoyed that the kid had a The Thing poster on the wall. Nobody liked The <laughs> Thing in me. the 80s. <laughs>
1: That might have been me. Okay. I, I, no, I think I think at one point uh, I was watching the most recent season where they have like a really overt reference to the thing, and I was like, I'm I'm mad that Stranger Things is doing this because it just like makes me want to turn off Stranger Things and watch the thing. <laughs> like, don't remind me that I could be watching something better than Stranger Things right now. <laughs>
0: That's how I felt this is a weird aside, but uh, John Travolta did another movie. Um, I think it's like The Taking of Pelham 123, a remake of that old movie. But he did a remake of it back in like the early 2000s where he made references to the cheeseburger scene from Pulp Fiction. And it's like, don't make references to movies you've been in that are better than the one that you're currently in, <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: But yeah, people did not like this movie because for one thing, it was technically a adaptation of a short story that had already been adapted in the 50s into a movie called The Thing from Another World that was very well received, Okay, but that I think was only very loosely based on the short story, and John Carpenter was like, well, I want to make a movie that's like more closely based on uh the short story and and people didn't like it because they already liked this other version from the 50s. Uh, <laughs> they were like, "Man, just... why do
0: people keep remaking movies today? All Hollywood puts <laughs> out are sequels and remakes."
1: People also did not like it because they kind of didn't really understand what it was. Like it, they they thought it was like really depressing and like weird and the studios yep. marketed it as like being very close to alien because alien had just come out and was very popular and they they kind of marketed it as a as another like space horror alien movie and people were like well that's not what we got like we didn't get like an alien adventure movie like this movie was very weird and dark not as
0: not they didn't advertise a a serious dark grounded portrayal of paranoia yeah (laughs) Uh,
1: a good quote from this wikipedia page is after one research screening carpenter queried the audience on their thoughts and one audience member asked well what happened at the very end which one was the thing when Carpenter responded that it was up to their imagination, the audience member responded, "Oh God, I hate
0: that." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, people hate ambiguous endings. There are so many like YouTube videos devoted to like, "Did the top really fall at the end of Inception?" Check Whoa. out my YouTube yeah. channel where I definitively explain it. And it's like, buddy, the 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 the, the endings ambiguous. To be ambiguous, it's not for you to, like, figure out. This isn't an ARG. You're not trying to find the clues to lead you to the puzzle. J.J. Abrams has done more to break the world than any other living human being. I'll stand by that fact.
1: I, I mean, I, I think you're right. It's
0: fucking I... mystery box philosophy.
1: <laughs> but yeah, uh, people, people don't, really didn't like this movie until, like, the, the 90s and the early 2000s, when it kind of got, like, a, a cult- it was when
0: we invented nuance
1: <laughs> and and even today john carpenter like acknowledges that it's like his movie that people like hate the most
0: <laughs> wild
1: but it it went through like a a major like critical renaissance reassessment whatever in in the 90s and 2000s and and people started like putting it on lists of like the hundred best horror movies and whatever and being like, We should we should appreciate the thing. It's really good.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it would it would suck to come out right after Alien and be the like not that Alien isn't good, but like to be the one that's like, Great, I have like a darker, more thoughtful version of Alien. I, I would hate to be the one that comes out with that.
1: Yeah. And, like, I, I know that John Carpenter has said that it's, like, his favorite movie that he's ever made.
0: It's, uh, it's a good one.
1: And that if it had taken off, like, right when it had actually come out in theaters, like, his career might have blown up in a big way. But, like, obviously it didn't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Could have made The
0: it's, Thing it's, 2, it's, The Thing 3, The Thing 4.
1: Yeah. I mean, the, the 2013 movie is technically a prequel.
0: <laughs> Nightmare on Thing Street.
1: Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, people people really did not like this movie when it came out, which is kind of I I guess kind of baffling watching it now because it is genuinely a pretty good movie.
0: <laughs> yeah, as I, I I I liked this movie. Um as much as I don't like the genre and don't think I'll like check it out again, I enjoyed watching this. I liked this a lot, and I I guess if you're going into a theater thinking it's gonna be one thing, you could be disappointed in this, but like I don't know how you can walk out of this movie and say, like, that one, that was bad. That's a bad one.
1: I think also part of the reason is because it came out in the 80s during, like, an economic recession, and, like, it was developed, and, like, it was made essentially during the Cold War, and, like, the thing kind of is a movie about the Cold War, but it's really not a movie where, like, action heroes come in and shoot the (laughs) villain and like you feel really good at the end
0: yeah it's (laughs) it's not a movie about the cold war where it ends with like and then we beat the russians
1: yeah and like people that was kind of what people were really into at the time so they were like oh
0: (laughs) (laughs) i could understand that oh it's like how um I know that, like, the movie industry in America did a lot of weird shit immediately following, like, 9-11. You know, just, like, immediately after it was like, well, all comedies are tanking now. Because no one wants to go see a comedy nowadays. <laughs> I can definitely see how, like, the state of the world definitely affects how your movie gets received.
1: Yeah. And and a lot of people don't like that the ending is ambiguous, which is dumb, because the ending is great. Yeah, the ending's
0: perfect. The ending is so yeah. good. We're like, yeah. yeah, spoiler alert for the ending of the thing, but, like. The two guys just look at each other and they're just like, so you the thing or am I the thing? And they're like, I don't know. You want some whiskey? And they just like sit and <laughs> die in the cold together.
1: <laughs> yeah. And like John Carpenter said, like, he knows what his intent for that scene was, but he's like never going to tell anybody, uh-huh. which is perfect. Like, absolutely, John Carpenter, <laughs> that's the way to do it.
0: I'm going to put my answer up on my YouTube channel later tonight, but what do you think the ending is?
1: I think that child's is the thing. you think so I don't think that McCready is, the- yeah, I know that people involved in the movie have been like, if you analyze the ending, you're missing the point, yeah, <laughs> but i I do think that child's is the thing.
0: I don't think either of is a thing. I think it's a happy ending. interesting. I think that I think that we got it. we lose we lose two in the process, but like we got it. I guess we don't lose two. We lose a lot of people in the process, but like, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think Childs and McCready get rescued, but I don't think either of them is the thing either.
1: Interesting. I might have watched a YouTube video that convinced me that uh that Childs is probably a, a thing, but <laughs> I, I prefer it to be ambiguous, so I don't think that hard about it, I guess. Sure,
0: no, I get that. <laughs> I looked up, did you know there was a The Thing video game?
1: I did, and people loved it. Really? It was, like, incredibly well-received. Really? Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah huh i just heard that it was there and just like immediately ignored it how did you make a video game Um, out of the thing
1: it's i think blake was telling me about it a while ago and how like people who are fans of the movie generally agree that it's like the better unofficial sequel to the movie than like the 2013 movie (laughs) that was made (laughs) even though the 2013 movie is like a prequel yeah the uh the video game is like a, a survival horror game that is you play as like a, a, a special forces team that comes in after the movie and you're you're investigating the outpost and i think you're like coming to extract mccready from the thing but part of the the game is that any of your party members at any time can turn out to be a thing and just like start attacking you Yo,
0: that's actually really like cool any-
1: Yeah, like, any NPC, I I think, like, part of the shtick is that, like, any NPC that you, like, pick up and put in your party, you could just, like, discover that that they're a thing.
0: (laughs) That's cool.
1: You also have, like, trust levels with the NPCs that if you don't maintain, they will think that you are a thing, and they will start attacking you.
0: Damn, I was just bringing it up to dunk on it, but that's actually really cool. (laughs) I'm gonna stream the thing video game now.
1: Yeah, people loved this game. Wild. Yeah, the the game features an infection system which determines whether or not an NPC is infected by the thing. Although most NPCs are scripted to transform into a thing at specific points, they can also be infected at any time prior to this. Huh. When the team comes under attack, the possibility of infection is based upon a probability system, whereby any teammate who comes into direct contact with an enemy can be infected. Wild. Yeah. It's like weirdly sophisticated for like a <laughs> for video a t- game based on a movie that people hate
0: <laughs> made in 2002
1: and uh and i i, I think at the end like mccready shows up in a helicopter and like saves your life
0: and whatever gotcha okay i was gonna say i know that uh if that game is canon i know that there is an answer to what happened to mccready and child at the end of it but i don't know if that's canon or if it's worth getting into or if it matters.
1: Yeah, I, 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 <laughs> Who gives I don't know off. if it's canon, but I, yeah, I think I think in the game, McCready like shows up in a helicopter, like saves the the main character and like defeats the thing. You know, like but, the you know, thing. I, it's a video game. McCready yeah, comes you know, like, in like, and the saves thing. the day
0: in the end. Good work, <laughs> McCready. But,
1: but it is like a video game, so they kind of like need that yeah. to happen. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: um. I don't know what else. Oh, I, I recently read the short story that uh, the thing is based How on. How is it? And I enjoyed it. It's very, very close to the movie, except like McCready is supposed to be like seven feet tall and like ripped and blonde.
0: <laughs> oh, the perfect which man. Is extru- oh, good. <laughs> which
1: is like extremely funny because the whole time I was like reading it in my head, obviously I was picturing
0: Carousel. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a reverse uh Wolverine situation. If you look at the source material, he's supposed to be like five foot two and just like gross. But then in yeah. the movies, he's played by Hugh Jackman. Like it's kind of the opposite.
1: Oh, I've been saying 2013 this whole time. Sorry the the prequel was released in uh, 2011. I was wrong.
0: Okay, well I hope we I hope people didn't tweet us yet. <laughs> Fingers hovered um, over the send button. Like if I do to make it to the end without a correction, ooh at Corpse Revivers.
1: Uh, but- <laughs> But the the short story was published in uh in 1938, and very little of it I think was changed for the the Carpenter movie, except in the short story it does describe what the like actual alien the thing looks like, and because it was written in the 1930s, it's like kind of goofy.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's like a blue guy with three eyeballs.
0: <laughs> well, I, I the the things in this movie did get a little like. When, uh, part of this is just based on Norris's face, but like, when, so when they do the, like, they burn the body from Norris, who's a thing, but then the head splits off and, like, grows fucking crab legs and eye stalks, and it's like, uh, very creepy, very, like, but also very goofy looking alien design because it's just an upside down head walking across the floor, yeah. The effects in this movie rule
1: oh, they're so good. there's there's a couple other things I think in the short story that are different. i I, I read it back in like January. The thing can read minds <laughs> in the short story sure. And did the uh... thing get like
0: memories and stuff as it takes you over? Is that are we just assuming that happens?
1: So they don't establish that in the movie, but in the short story they essentially establish that like once the thing assimilates someone, it has taken over their their memories and personalities and it like thinks that it is that person.
0: Oh, interesting.
1: And like a lot of the the tension in the the short story is a lot of the the characters not knowing if they are already a thing right. or how or being like how would i know if i was an alien like huh
0: yeah with speaking of the like how do they know uh well never mind you keep finished finish talking about the book and i want to talk about a scene that i really liked in the movie
1: Mm -hmm. uh and they the the blood test scene is also, in the, in the short story, but in the, in the scene in the short story, 14 people end up being things instead of just, like, one person.
0: <laughs> I don't even think there's 14 people in the movie. <laughs> there are not. <laughs> Damn. I really like that scene in the book, in the movie, uh, oh, when-
1: Oh, the blood test scene fucking ripped. It's
0: so good. Like, when, uh, when Kurt Russell, like, dips the needle into, um, Connors, maybe? The, uh, the dog guy into his blood and it's not an alien and he's like ah fuck i shot that guy just assuming he was an alien because like he attacked me and tried to stop me from doing something but he wasn't he was just a person like acting in a way that was fairly rational in that situation shit it's such a good moment and then when uh he does it to like the thing of blood that is an alien and it just like bursts out of the petri dish and the guy just like starts melting and turning into a monster as everyone else is tied to him and flipping out it's such a good scene
1: it's so good that is like one of the best examples of like a jump scare that earns its jump scare yes
0: absolutely there was there was one other jump scare earlier in the movie that i thought was really bad it was when the uh faust far. Guy's name starts with Fuchs, maybe. Starts yeah, with an Fugues. F. When he, uh, I think he's working on something in his lab, and then like a person walks by his door, and it makes a like, oh yeah, sound as it happens. I was like, come on, like. But that jump scare was absolutely great.
1: Yeah, it's it's like one of the most famous scenes in in horror movies is the the blood test. It's so good. It's so good. It's it's just it's such it's such good build up of tension that whole scene Mm -hmm. it's so good and then and then right after you get the really good humor moment with uh with gary tied to the couch
0: gary tied to the couch
1: where he's like he's like the last person whose whose blood they test Uh. and he is tied to the couch with like the the corpse oh
0: yeah (laughs) because they're just like well this guy's definitely an alien and he's like come the fuck on just like test me and go yeah Oh, this movie's so good. Um,
1: Are you ready for Andrew's really Plot Hole
0: Corner? Where I tally up all of the mistakes that were made as the movie? No, I'm joking.
1: <laughs> I was gonna say, if you if you kept a list, I would like to hear
0: about <laughs> Here's my CinemaSins podcast corner.
1: <laughs> the uh, they
0: establish truss. that it's negative 40 outside, but then they walk outside for a scene <laughs> without anything covering their faces. They would have gotten frostbite.
1: Is there? Wait, hang on. I gotta see if there's a cinema for this.
0: I'm sh- oh god. I'm sure there is.
1: There is not. Wait, no. Okay, there isn't cinema
0: sin. It doesn't tell you who dies in the end.
1: <laughs> it doesn't tell you which one of them is the thing. The uh, another another cool thing about the short story is that uh, a couple years ago, I think in 2018, someone found out that it was actually a shorter version of a larger novel hmm. that was written by this uh this author uh john w campbell because his like estate uh, sent a whole box of his manuscripts to harvard and this other author who was uh doing research to do a biography on him just like found it in the, in that box wild and he he did a kickstarter campaign to uh to publish the full novel that funded and i think you can like buy the buy the whole novel now cool i haven't read it it's called frozen hell <laughs> because like of course it is it was written in 1938 right
0: where does that fit into the frozen timeline
1: <laughs> and apparently blumhouse is working on a new movie that is going to be an adaptation of like the full book but i hmm. i assume that that is postponed because of coronavirus gotcha <laughs> but they did put out an audiobook for the kickstarter that is read by yuri lowenthal voice of sasuke in naruto
0: yo what
1: <laughs> yeah that was part of the Kickstarter. They put out an audiobook read by Sasuke. Thank you
0: all for joining us for the Frady Dog Spookem Up. up uh, I need to go because I need to download a book. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, <laughs> you can also find the original short story just, like, out there on the internet. It's, like, super easy to find if you just type in, like, the thing, original short story into Google. Is it old enough to be um, public
0: domain by now?
1: Yeah, it's definitely public domain. Okay. Unless it's not. I, it, it's, it must be, though, right? It's 1938.
0: 1938? That's not 100 years yet.
1: Oh, maybe it's not. It's definitely, like, you can find it online.
0: <laughs> uh, I won't tell anyone. Yahoo anime rules. If that matters to anyone or means anything. <laughs> All yeah. works published in the United States before 1924, as of 2019. So, probably not. Okay.
1: Well, if you type in who goes there, short story into uh <laughs> into google two of the first four things that come up are just straight up pdfs <laughs> so if you want to read it there you go it is also 40 pages long despite being called a short story like it's got chapters <laughs> it's basically a novella
0: we're definitely not uh not commending piracy though unrelated was it on fmovies.wtf is that right Marn?
1: Okay. <laughs> yeah. You can also rent it on, on YouTube, I think. That's what I
0: did. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, I have watched the thing legally every single time I have watched the thing.
0: Yeah, the unscrupulous women I had to deal with uh, were just the people in the uh, the recommended feed for YouTuber drama.
1: I think also the guy who wrote the original short story was, like, super racist and, like, bad. Oh, cool. Which is, like, pretty par for the course in 1930s, like, science fiction so there might be some iffy stuff in the short story. I really don't remember it that well. <laughs> but, like, it is definitely 1930s science fiction.
0: Yeah, I feel like if you if you had a science fiction idea in the 1930s and you, like, picked up a quill and touched it to a piece of paper, a racist ghost just infected you. And you're just like, ah, the minorities! Ah! <laughs>
1: Oh wow, he! Uh, I'm on his Wikipedia page right now. He was super racist, but not only that, he worked with L. Ron Hubbard on the techniques that turned into Scientology.
0: Hell yeah, what a good dude! <laughs> Turns out he was the secret alien the whole time. <laughs> Fucking, I guess. Oh man.
1: Oh, at least we got John Carpenter's very good movie. At least out we of got it.
0: John Carpenter's very good movie.
1: Last night when I was watching this movie, I was like uh andrew's probably not gonna like this maybe we should like watch a like a different john carpenter movie that like isn't as gross
0: <laughs> <laughs> so i'm i'm
1: I'm, vid- I'm very vindicated that you <laughs> that you
0: enjoyed it i i did i did i was
1: like i was like uh oh, maybe we should watch christine instead
0: <laughs> <laughs> it was gross on purpose i i i feel like this is a good one to a good one to start with it wasn't super spooky but it was like Dealt with, like, psychological horror of, like, how do you know if the person you're with isn't been replaced? Like it's, I, yeah, I, I like I, that I, a lot. A very smart horror movie.
1: Yeah, I think, despite the gross stuff, it's a very good, like, psychological thriller.
0: I did have a thought earlier while I was watching the movie. Did John Carpenter do the music for this movie as well? He
1: did not. Really? Ennio Morricone did the okay. music. Okay.
0: Well, that completely busts my thought I was going to make out of the water. What was your thought? No, I, um... <laughs> I've seen a couple, I've, I've heard a couple John Carpenter scores um, and just with like all the synths and stuff like that. And I, I had a thought while I was watching the movie where I thought like a thing that I hear about J.R.R. Tolkien is that like he wrote Lord of the Rings as an excuse so that he could put his languages into it. Like he was a linguist uh-huh. that wrote his book to excuse it. And I was like, does John Carpenter do that with music scores? Where he's like, oh, I got an idea for some cool music. I guess I'll make a movie that I can put it into. <laughs> but the movie ended up being really good. So, like, this movie isn't, you know, truly doesn't earn that. But I did think that part way through because I thought the music was really cool.
1: Yeah, the the score of this movie rules. Yeah. Um, apparently, I, I actually did look this up last night because I, I couldn't remember if, if uh, John Carpenter made the music. Apparently, John Carpenter reached out to Ennio Morricone because he wanted it to have more of like a European sound to the music hmm. and and Morricone wrote all of this like synth music for him without seeing most of the movie I think really yeah That's... he just like made a like an hour or like hours of uh of music like on his own without really asking John Carpenter whatever And was like hey here's like, a bunch of music without even, like, seeing the movie at all.
0: That's really surprising, considering how well it, like, fits and works.
1: (laughs) Apparently, John Carpenter did record, like, a couple things for the movie, but a lot of it is just, like, the, like, weird droning, like, background noises that you hear in some of the scenes, which is pretty par for the course. Cool. For, like, John Carpenter's (laughs) stuff. Because there were, like, scenes where he wanted like background noise, but he didn't want it to be fully orchestrated because of like the the tension and stuff going on, so he was like, yeah, I'll record some like freaky synth sounds cool,
0: yeah, I, the music really works. I got a lot of cool stuff going on i I don't have anything else to you
1: i there I feel like there was there was other stuff that I was gonna say, but I don't know. <laughs> uh <laughs> A lot, of, a lot of criticism has has been made over the fact that uh, the entire cast of this movie is men. A lot of smarter people than me have said stuff about that.
0: Yeah, I know I've heard a little bit of that. I don't know a lot. I haven't really... I haven't looked into the, the critique of a movie I haven't seen is really where it fell into.
1: <laughs> yeah. They also apparently recorded a, a version of the ending where you know for sure that McCready isn't the thing. But it didn't really test any better with the audiences.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so
1: <laughs> So they just like got it.
0: <laughs> Speaking of alternate endings, um I did look up after I watched, apparently they've like made cuts to this to show on cable and John Carpenter oh, hates it for a couple reasons. Part of it is because they cut all of the like there's a lot of scenes in this movie where it's a very intense scene that he um like livens up by having characters cuss. And so uh-huh. they cut that out of the movie so it's just a bunch of dark, rough scenes with no levity added. Oh my
1: god. Oh, and no. then
0: they change the ending so that the last shot you see is a dog running through the Arctic tundra. Oh just no. like directly implying that they all failed.
1: Oh no Oh no <laughs> Oh yeah I, I, I understand why he,
0: he wouldn't like that <laughs> they're like we need to replace a lot of this ending so here's a dog running through a field let's change up <laughs> all of what the ending means yeah huh.
1: yeah apparently they, uh, they they filmed a bunch of scenes that didn't really make it into the movie they filmed like a, a more optimistic ending
0: yeah <laughs> uh, <laughs> What's the one? It's a dog uh, running through a field. Happy. Yeah. It's like Homework uh, Bounds.
1: R- Universal Studios really did not like that they ended it amb- like ambiguously, and they they wanted it to just end on, like, McCready destroying the thing and, like, big orchestral ending and, like, stuff like that. And John Carpenter was like, no. Is that
0: why Kurt Russell... Um- says a cool one-liner and then jumps off of a thing doing a front flip and then turns around and shucks the dynamite at the <laughs> monster. Cuz I watched that and was like, "Huh, is that really the action movie ending we're going for here?"
1: Yeah. Apparently they had to insert a scream over the explosion <laughs> so that audience so the audience knew
0: that the thing was dead for real. <laughs> Um, sure <laughs> just threw it in there <laughs> um, studios are bad
1: something something interesting about uh, this movie also is that Wilford Brimley was like fairly unknown when they made this and they cast him because he was an unknown oh really yeah that's cool because uh, cause they wanted Blair to kind of be like a, kind of like an inconspicuous character that like the audience wouldn't really think about sure when he was off screen until he like did something crazy
0: i guess that makes sense it's really funny when they cast someone because they're an unknown and then that person gets made big so that anyone watching the movie in the future is like oh it's Wilfred brimley like mm-hmm. <laughs> that's really funny to me i love it whenever that happens
1: yeah it's, it's, it's very that fun. was <laughs>
0: that was how i felt with um with uh keith david because he said like one line where he was like is that a helicopter and i was like oh it's keith david that's a younger version of him, but I recognize that voice. He's wearing a parka, uh, but I recognize him.
1: Yeah, the only female presence in the film is the voice of the chess computer, <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, which was voiced by which was voiced by John Carpenter's wife at the oh. time.
0: And then yeah. and then Kurt Russell calls it a bitch and kills it. So, well. Yep. <laughs> and, and you said it's his ex?
1: She was his wife when the thing was being filmed. Gotcha. But I think they divorced afterwards. Okay. Yeah. The thing is the good movie. Yeah, the thing's a
0: good movie. <laughs> Freddy Dog Spook'em Up approved. I yeah. didn't expect us to pick uh, a, a movie with so much dog death for the first episode of the Freddy Dog Spook'em Up.
1: Yeah, this movie has a lot of dog death in it. Yeah. <laughs> the dog actor is very good, though. I it's will a say. very
0: good dog actor.
1: <laughs> the dog that plays <laughs> the The dog end that of plays the dog thing, dog the yeah. It's a great, yeah. great actor. Great dog. Yeah. A-, a plus it, dog. I will
0: say it took me way too long to realize that that dog was the thing. Oh, I was yeah? just like, why is this guy shooting at the dog from a helicopter? Like, I was really wondering what was up and why this guy hated this dog so much. And it took me until after the guy was dead that I was like, oh, duh, the dog is the thing. They're from a different <laughs> research station, this just happened to, aren't they?
1: That's very funny. Yeah, in uh, the in the beginning, the guy in Norwegian is like trying to explain to them that the dog is an alien, but they they don't subtitle the Norwegian, mm-hmm. so like, obviously, it's not gonna spoil the plot of the movie <laughs> <Right>. for you.
0: <laughs> well, I don't speak Norwegian. I'm sure there was one guy in the theater that was just like, "Oh, that guy just told us exactly what's going on, huh?"
1: <laughs> the the 2011 prequel is about the. Norwegian research station.
0: Oh, I and, guess that like, check- that makes sense, doesn't it?
1: Dying. Yeah. Huh. Uh, and at the end, like, you see the guy get into the helicopter to, like, chase the dog.
0: Gotcha. I assume Mary Elizabeth Weinstead doesn't make it?
1: No. <laughs> nope. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe. I, I don't know. I've never seen it. <laughs> it's hard um, to
0: have an ambiguous ending if uh, you know what the next yeah. movie is.
1: I'm, I'm I'm just reading the Wikipedia page because I've never seen this movie. Apparently, uh, didn't want the protagonist to be similar to McCready, so they cast Mary Elizabeth Winstead and they told her to just do Ripley from Alien. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, audience wanted that the first time, so we figure that now, 20 years later, <laughs> might as well go for it here. Yeah, I guess. Uh, <laughs> uh.
1: Maybe it's not actually that bad. I mean, most of the critiques I've heard of it are just like, it's kind of a nothing movie. <laughs> like,
0: why Why was this made?
1: Yeah, like, why Why did they make this? There was no reason. Sure. And, like, I, I guess next to the thing, it looks very bad. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I can't imagine. Like, there's, as much as I like a lot of movies, I can't, there, there's a lot of movies where I'm just like, I would never touch a remake or a sequel or anything close to it in a heartbeat despite how much i love it like i do not want to be involved in the franchise cuz i'm not i'm not going to be the guy that tries to make the thing to like i guess 3 at this point but like mm-mm. you could you couldn't pay me enough
1: <laughs> that's why it's like shocking to me that that blumhouse is like apparently working on some kind of re adaptation of the original short story like why yeah we
0: already have a perfect one <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah I, I, I think what happened with the, the 2011 one was um, the Universal wanted to do a remake and the producers were like, no, 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 we can't do a remake. We have to do like either a prequel or a sequel because if we do a remake, like people will slaughter us critically. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, so they did a sequel or a prequel instead and everyone loved it. Good work. Great job, everyone.
1: <laughs> yeah, it worked out really well. Yeah, for we now. really
0: solved that problem. <laughs> 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 oh man, uh,
1: just some horror movies—you just, you just can't, can't do it. Well,
0: they get worse when you explain shit, or like, yeah, I know we're preaching to the choir on this one. <laughs> <clears throat>
1: No, I, I, I agree, and I, I, I think their mistake was making a prequel, because part of the cool thing about the thing is that you just, like, they go to the Norwegian station, and you're like, what the fuck happened? Yeah, here? exactly. And they just, like, never explain it, and they never go back there again. Well, that, and
0: it's like, hey, this main character for our, main, for our movie, you know, you're going to follow him, he's cool, he's like our McCready, uh, it's going to be great. Uh, at the end of this movie, um, he goes off to chase the thing, and he gets shot in the head in, like, the first five minutes of the next movie. Hope yeah. you didn't get too attached to him.
1: Oof. Uh, the producers on the 2011 The Thing also produced the 2014 remake of RoboCop that nobody saw.
0: I forgot that existed.
1: And one of them produced Netflix movie Bright.
0: Is that the Orc movie with Will uh, Smith?
1: Yeah, it is.
0: Okay. Well, we got a, a real crack team on this one.
1: Oh, they also produced Slither. That's really?
0: Interesting. <laughs> oh, how the mighty have fallen. I guess. (laughs) I think that's all I have on this one.
1: Yeah, I think that's all I got on the thing.
0: (laughs) Alright, well, thank you for making me watch the thing. Uh, This was a good time. I actually enjoyed this movie. I don't know what my schedule looks like. I don't know that we can make this a regular thing, but we should do this again sometime.
1: Yeah, I mean, we we already have to watch movies for the Argonauts. We (laughs) do, (laughs) we do.
0: So we'll (laughs) we'll see how much time I have to watch and record myself reacting to movies you ever see we'll that uh out. you ever see that old um there was an onion article that was just like the McElroy brothers enjoy 15 unrecorded minutes or something like that yeah I'm starting to, I'm starting uh. to feel it <laughs> I get that <laughs>
1: just have to watch scary ARG movies and then we'll just cover it double well
0: yeah we'll put we'll put a different theme song it'll be on this feed with the Freddy dog Spookum up theme and it'll be on our feed with the uh, the ARG movie un- untitled project <laughs> Whatever we decided to call it. theme music we'll be good to go yeah
1: I mean we are gonna watch the Cloverfield movies at some point I, I have to imagine
0: yeah, I can't imagine we don't.
1: Which I've also I, I've also seen Cloverfield like 3 times.
0: <laughs> I never have. So, I'm I'm excited.
1: I'll spoil you a little bit right now. It's not as good as the thing.
0: <laughs> I'm worried we started too strong. <laughs> I was literally about to say that. <laughs> I feel like
1: we started we started extremely strong with like a cult classic horror movie that like everyone enjoys. Yeah, next time you're gonna and... make
0: me watch uh, that one that Childish Gambino was in when I worked at a movie theater. What? Yeah, Donald Glover was in a horror movie that was uh, it was rated PG-13, so you know it's good. Hang on. It was called. What horror movie
1: was he in? The Lazarus. The Lazarus
0: Effect. Effect. Yep.
1: I've never heard of this movie. Yeah, with
0: Mark Duplass, Olivia Wilde, Donald Glover, Evan Peters, and Sarah Bulger.
1: Wait, this is wild. Oh, I have heard of this movie. I was like, Mark Duplass has only been in like five movies. <laughs> have I never heard of Dupla? Yeah, he's one? usually behind the camera. <laughs> yeah. He's a uh, he did uh he did Creep uh, and Creep Two, which are very good. He did Which uh you would not like because they are very jump scare gotcha. heavy.
0: <laughs> he did uh The League. Which is also pretty jump scare heavy.
1: <laughs> uh maybe next one we can watch Scream. Scream? That's another one that I watched super recently. I think
0: I could do Scream.
1: Yeah. It's a it, Scream is a satire. So
0: Yeah, but it still is though, right? Like it's a it's a it's a satire, but it, it does the thing.
1: Yeah, so a lot of people don't consider Scream to be a satire because it's not very funny, but like it is still a satire. Like, it's not
0: a funny, it's not scary movie. Like it's Yeah. What if we do scary movie? No. What if we do epic movie?
1: <laughs> oh no. I saw epic movie in theaters when I was in middle I, school. I can't really I that did experience. too. I saw
0: it in high school with my friend Ryan. <laughs> oh boy. Oh,
1: I saw a lot of bad movies in theaters when I was in middle school. <laughs>
0: Ryan Stapp, if you're out there listening, I hope you enjoyed Epic Movie as much as I did. <laughs> <laughs> listening
1: to our niche horror movie podcast.
0: <laughs> Alright, uh, how do we want to wrap this up?
1: God, I don't know. It's weird to be recording a, a podcast that isn't Argonauts that like, we don't even really know what we're doing, yeah.
0: Here. <laughs> uh, so Marn, thank you for joining me. I guess I who's hosting this? <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> uh, Marn, where can people find this you just... on the internet? I guess
1: just like the ending of the thing.
0: (laughs) It's just us looking at each other going like, well, I'm not a host. Are you a host? (laughs) Who's hosting this podcast? (laughs) Helicopters will come in and save this recording any minute now.
1: (laughs) Riley is like going to come in on a US military
0: helicopter. Smash cut to Joe just running across the tundra. After I edit out all the cusses. (laughs) Uh, Marn, where can people find you on the internet?
1: Uh, people can find me at Survivors on Twitter.
0: And people can find me, I am at Sherm's on Twitter.
1: And if you like this show, you're probably already on the Dead Letter Society feed, which is the other, other podcast I host on this network.
0: Yeah, by the time this season's out of day, I will also be the co-host of, uh... The Podcast Minds podcast, which is a podcast where my friend Riley and I uh, pitch each other a bunch of podcasts that we'll never do. Last week, we pitched uh, Epic Rap Battles of Mystery, which is a uh, true crime show featuring Lin-Manuel Miranda. So uh, you got to listen to that episode.
1: It's very good. I'm so excited for it. and uh yeah we we might do another episode of this we might not andrew and i recorded an episode of dead letter society where we talk about the guy who did like musicals which is like basically another episode of whatever we decide to call this. that's basically the thing yeah Yeah. it 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 kind of
0: is (laughs) (laughs) well until next time stay spooky that's our sign off i guess Sure.